Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio, as we continue our studies in the prophet Daniel's exciting book and really life-changing book. We are in Daniel chapter 4, and I'll title this episode, The King's Madness. And Daniel chapter 4 is very interesting because it seems to be a personal testimony, a lot of it written in the first person from this king of the world's first empire, worldwide empire. It starts off with King Nebuchadnezzar to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell on earth. Very interesting. And so here we have Nebuchadnezzar's testimony to the whole world. And what he is going to affirm in this chapter, starting in verse 3, is a summary of this chapter. Verse 3 is a summary of the prophet Daniel's teaching in the whole book of Daniel. Verse 3 is also a summary of the entire book of Revelation. And verse 3, this kind of gets ahead of us, but is also the core meaning of what it means to preach the gospel. And what would that be? Well, this is what King Nebuchadnezzar said. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. His dominion is from generation to generation. Here is the first king of the world, so to speak, giving a testimony that he really isn't the ultimate king of the world, but that God is king. And we emphasize this throughout our study in the book of Revelation and the galactic conflict between God and Caesar. Here it was between Nebuchadnezzar and God. But Nebuchadnezzar has another dream or vision or a vivid dream. And starting in verse 10, he says, "'The visions of my head as I lay in bed were these, and I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great.'" In other words, the kingdom is being represented as a great tree, and the tree grew strong, its top reached into heaven, it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Again, the symbolism of this great tree, exceedingly tall and visible to the ends of the earth, it's basically depicting a worldwide kingdom. And just so you can get an idea of what Matthew 13 is talking about, when Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a tiny mustard seed, but it grows into this tall tree where the birds of the air find rest in its branches. As I've mentioned before, this wasn't an Audubon Society passage in the Gospel of Matthew. This was teaching that Christ's kingdom was prefigured in a way by this king of Babylon, because it says the beast of the field found shade under this tree, and the birds of the air dwelt in its branches. And what these great king of kings would do 
is take lesser kings under their authority. If they wouldn't resist, if they would pay tribute, they would keep their lesser sovereignty, and the greater king of kings would maintain his worldwide empire. So this is what was going on. This was the kingdom of Babylon, of which Nebuchadnezzar was king of. And then in his dream, he finds that uh, a watcher, an announcement from heaven, cut down the tree, cut it down till all that's left is a stump. Now, as if you've ever cut down a tree, I have one on my property that I really like to get rid of, and I cut it down to a stump, and now it's about 15 feet tall. So sometimes stumps continue to have life in them. But there is going to be a judgment that's going to come upon Nebuchadnezzar, and the judgment is announced in Daniel chapter 4, verse 16, It says, let his mind be changed from a man's, and a beast mind be given to him, and let seven times pass over him. Seven times probably referring to seven years. The sentence is by the decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones, to the end that the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men. This is the truth, the ultimate reality of what is going on in this world is that the Most High rules the kingdom of men. It's not saying the Most High simply rules your heart or the Most High rules your church and what goes in the four walls of your your sanctuary. No, the Most High rules the kingdoms of men. And the judgment on Nebuchadnezzar is that he didn't realize that. He thought he was the big king, so to speak. He was the big king of kings, and yet there was a greater king, and he was going to lose his reason until he recognized that. If you um, consult um, thick psychology books, there's an illness, a mental illness, entitled zoanthropy, which is basically an illness where a person thinks himself to be an animal and acts like one. And whether or not that's what he had, this was a judgment of God, okay? And this was a seven-year punishment, and this is what it would entail. Daniel 4.25, you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field, And you shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and you shall be wet with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over you, and here it is again, till you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men. And as it was commanded to leave the stump of the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be sure for you from the time that you know heaven rules. We are not on our own down here. This world is under the kingship of God. You are either in obedience or in rebellion, but there's not a whole lot of no man's land in between. Now, notice what happens here. And this is very important because this isn't just some kind of a weird, wacky, pious, uh, apocryphal story from the Old Testament with no grounding in reality. 
I'm going to probably have to do two episodes on this passage, but you cannot even begin to understand what has happened, say, in the United States over the past two decades apart from this chapter. This is the key. And notice what happens. Nebuchadnezzar, step one, had denied the reality of God's kingship. Two, he lost his reason and his contact with reality. He ended up eating grass. His hair grew long, lived outside. He became as a beast until he came back in touch with reality. And what was that core truth of reality already mentioned three times in this chapter? That the Most High rules the kingdom of men. Again, the summary preface in verse 3, Nebuchadnezzar says his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. Now, why do I emphasize this so much? I was doing the same thing when we studied the book of Revelation. What's up? Well, if you would characterize the modern world's attitude towards Jesus, hey, Jesus is a savior, all day long. And yet Jesus as king, I don't know if you're aware, but a lot of the uh, popular prophetic schemes, the rapture in any moment scheme, sees that the millennium, which is the kingdom reign of Jesus, begins sometime after the second coming of Christ in the future. It's not, it's the church age, it's not the kingdom age, and that's just like the most fundamental error you can make. So in the church, in fact, there's a great encyclical we're going to be talking about more next time called Quas Primus on the kingship of Christ, and the kingship of Christ isn't something just future. Jesus Christ is king over nations now, and any nation like ours that says the law the highest court of the land, authorizes something called same-sex marriage. I mean, what, what is that? Or legalizes the killing of innocent children. This is not a nation under the kingship of Christ. We like to think ourselves. We print it on our money, one nation under God, but are we really? No, because our laws aren't obedient to the king of kings. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go back to Nebuchadnezzar. And now we have something very important. It says, at the end of 12 months, Nebuchadnezzar was walking on the roof of his royal palace. And this, this was one of the great wonders of the ancient world. And the king said, is this not great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence for the glory of my majesty? Uh-oh. It says, while the words were in his mouth, a voice came from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and you shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and seven times shall pass over you till you have learned what? that the Most High rules the kingdom of men. And we do find later in chapter 4 that Daniel's reason did return. Now, I'm going to give you a preview of our next episode because this is vitally important. Two scriptures. First, Jeremiah 51.7. 
Babylon was a golden cup in the Lord's hand. And in Daniel, we're reading about the kingdom of Babylon. Making all the earth drunken, the nations drank of her wine, therefore the nations went mad. You see, King Nebuchadnezzar's madness was contagious. It went to the world. And this wasn't just something in the ancient world where these pagan nations went astray. In the book of Revelation, chapter 14 and verse 8, it says, an angel came saying, fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She who made all nations drink the wine of her impure passion, her porneia in Greek, passion. Now, where does the book of Revelation's phrase Babylon the Great, that appears in Revelation 14, Revelation 17, and Revelation 18. Where does it come from? I'll tell you where it comes from. It comes straight from Nebuchadnezzar's boast in Daniel chapter 4 and verse 30. And when the words were still in his mouth, the judgment came. And you see what happened. The book of Revelation, yes, has an historical context in the first century, with the Roman Empire, but it has deep roots back into the first worldwide kingdom. And this hasn't gone away. This is what I've been trying to show you, the roots of what's going on in Daniel go way back, and the effects of what's going on in Daniel go way forward to our day. And we're living in a nation right now with millions of people suffering from Nebuchadnezzar's madness. And we're going to be talking more about that next time. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 148 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.